weird shit my mom says episode 23 i'm jules i'm cc Um, so, how's it going? It's been a couple of minutes since we just recorded that last episode that ended in severe disappointment. Don't try to pretend like we weren't just talking to each other the entire time. We were. We were. Like, there has been no break in between. It's just a continuation. So, is there anything, I know that, like, my episode was pretty much like, let's get down to business. Did they deserve that. We've been chatting a lot lately. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's see. I don't, I don't have a lot. I had some voice recordings, but it just seems like a lot of work to pull it out. Today, there was a couple weird things that happened to me. The first one, I was in the gym working out. And you know how people do weird shit in gyms? Yeah, I remember Launchpad McQuack. Launchpad McQuack, there was this guy that lives in the town that we live in and or that Jules used to live in and I live in now. And he totally looks like Launchpad McQuack from DuckTales. He skips leg day, I think, and he's just really big on top. But he has this flowing red hair and he would just like whip it around and we would have to leave the gym because we were giggling so hard at him. But And also, he's in a Christian rock band. He is. He was like seven years ago. That's a great segue into what we had. We should have held on to that part for a minute. Why? We're going to talk about Christian people today, but I just want to go back. Christian rock bands? No, there. I don't think there was a Christian rock band about it, but just Christian Mm -hmm. people. Um, do you have anything to tell me before we get into that? I guess I was just going to talk about that there was. Just like a lot of weird things going on at my gym this morning. And one of them was that this guy was just like walking down the aisle and he was just like in jeans. He was just kicking his <laughs> leg out to the side like every what? few step. Like almost like a <laughs> like a half karate kick. He was probably in his 60s. It was very strange. I go Do to Planet think- Fitness. It's $10 a month. It's a super nice Planet Fitness, but there are some weird people that go there sometimes. What would you do if he did that in like, like a hard turd? Like, rolled out his pant leg. <laughs> like, that's why he's doing Probably. the kick. He's like, oh, no. But it did kind of seem like he was trying to get something. I don't know. It was weird. He was wearing pants. I just, I see people do really strange things. Like, a couple days ago, there was one guy. And I see him pretty much every day. But it just looked like he was humping the side of one of the, <laughs> like, resistance machines. <laughs> and, yeah, I don't know. Are you there? That's a good one. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. It went out for a minute. Oh, don't worry. There's a recording of me laughing. Okay, good. Um, I'll I'll add that in. What do you have anything before we start talking about Christian? Honestly, people? I'm sitting there thinking about like what could have happened this week that I really wanted to tell you about. And man, it's Saturday night. Like and it's just been some, you know, a week. It's been a week. Saturday. So sorry. I just that's my that's my second Elton John yeah. in a row. Yeah. Um I don't really have anything at all. 
because my brain is just ready to be done. Okay, cool. So it's ready for the reset. Okay. Do you believe in demons? You predicted I will. I said a dibic, if you will. Oh, I thought you said I predicted that you will. (laughs) No, that'd be a weird way for me to say that. Um, I'm sure it sounded like that. I have a car that I, I always name my cars, and I had a car, um, that I named the Black Forest because I like creepy names. Like the Black Forest in Germany, and it is a Volkswagen. I just think about a Black Forest ham, but okay. Uh, no, it had nothing to do with a Black Forest ham, bitch. Okay, and it, it was Halloween weekend, and I believe, I can't remember. It might have been last year, year before, whatever. It was a really new car, and it like brand new, and it shouldn't have been doing this, but all of a sudden, it started like. The windows would roll down by themselves. Um, if I started to go up to a light and was slowing down, the parking brake would slam on. So it would like slam me into a stop position, which, you know, could kill you. Yeah. Uh, true story. We started, uh, we started calling the car the Dybbuk, like a Dybbuk box. Yeah. Because it was possessed. So it was no longer the Black Forest and it just became the Dybbuk and... Lemon laws are great. So I got a, a brand new vehicle um, to replace it. It only took me like six months to get through that process. It did take so, a long time. Yeah. Was it really possessed? Probably not. It was probably just an electrical error that they just couldn't fix. But, but what about people? Demons. People demons. Mm. I... I don't know if I per se believe in like your standard hell with demons. But okay. I mean, there could be some like super super ancient old spirits that are bad guys. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I was trying to think about so originally we had tried to do the last episode um, last two episodes for, for Jules with that tale of Pike's Peak and Felix, the fake writer. The liar. And he's a real writer. Don't sue us. We made two episodes about your book. Um, and so you did a really Felix good job. The microphone. I'm sorry. Felix, you did do a good job. I just, if we wanted to keep that being a true story, I need to be able to Google stuff. Okay. So, but here's the thing is that. Yeah, we, I don't know if I believe in that stuff, but we grew up evangelical Baptist and we started at a Baptist church when I was young. And like I've talked about before, we kind of stopped going. And so I was really kind of cut off from organized religion when I was about 10. But prior to that, as a small child, they start talking to you about the devil a lot. And so we Oh my God, I know where this meant, is going. Yeah. So we had met for these last episodes to be where we each found a scary story and then we would tell it and whichever one was the scariest we would release on Halloween. It became clear to me when Jules started that that story was terrifying to me until we realized it wasn't real. So that was the winner, clearly. And also it took a really long time. So 
my story, I was trying to find something scary. And as a young child, when I would hear about the devil at church, it really scared the shit out of me because little, say little five-year-old Cece or whatever age I was at the time, they would talk about the devil and they would say, the devil is going to like come and try to get you to do bad things. And I think they're talking about like a theoretical devil, like a devil on your shoulder, the devil showing up in, you know, like a, like a theoretical manner. And that's not how you see it when you're a little kid. You think that the devil is just going to jump around the corner and get you. And so for that, for me, it did, it scared me a lot. And I, I would have nightmares quite frequently. And so. About the pickles bus? Yes. The pickles bus was involved for any of you 80s kids. Um, I really wanted the pickles bus and the books that they had to come to me so I could go in there. But then I had a nightmare that the pickles bus came and the devil was on it. And then the devil had to do a go-kart race with my dad by my grandpa's house to save me and get me to just be good with God. So that's what that's what organized religion did to me. And so, first of all, in this episode, we don't mean any harm by anything that we talk about with religion. I know that if you've got a religion that you follow and it works for you, then by all means, continue to do that if that's what makes you feel good in your heart. But for us, that just, it it was a terrifying situation. And so that's what kind of led me to look for some demon stuff. Because that's what I thought would be scary for Halloween. Because the demons and the devil are terrifying to you. I was also scared. I was more scared about... um, because they were always talking about how God sees everything that you do. And I'm like sitting there. I'm like, like, is he watching me poop? Is he watching me yes, take a is. shower? Is he watching Ooh. me? Like, I was always felt like I was always in trouble. I yeah. do believe in God for the record. I do believe in God. And he is watching you shower. He is. But he doesn't care. I know that now. But when I was little, care away. You're naked when you shower. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, you're right. Devil was terrifying, but so was the idea of all of the people in heaven seeing me shower or poop. Yeah. So there are some references to potty in this as well. So. Have you, did you ever watch the movie The Exorcism of Emily Rose? Emily Rose? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I didn't. So maybe oh. you do you remember much of it? I mean No. Okay. Well, that movie was based on a true story and oh. it is of So I'm going to say this how German translator app on the computer told me to say this. I might be saying it wrong, but I'm going to try my hardest. So this, pretty much everything we talk about in this episode is in Germany. And so I'm going to probably say a whole bunch of stuff wrong, but I'm going to try to say her name correctly here. So Annalisa Mikul is her name. What is she in the Black Forest? Um, I have no fucking clue. I don't think so. So... Oh. Her real name was Anna Elizabeth, and Annalisa was her nickname, I guess. And so she was born on September 21st of 1952 
in Leibolfing, Bavaria, West Germany. And this is going to be a story maybe of paranormal sort or maybe of true crime. A little bit of both. If it is true crime, it's a little bit more recent than what we would normally cover. But I didn't mean for it to be. I really thought I was just talking about demons here. So she's born to parents Joseph and Anna. And it was probably said differently because of Germany. She had four sisters. (laughs) And yeah, her family was Roman Catholic. They were extremely devout. They attended mass twice per week. At one point, her father had studied to be a priest, and she did have three aunts. I just said aunts instead of aunts. You did say that. I always say aunts. She had three aunts who were nuns. Ugh. All right. I just, I heard most people say aunt. I just need to get over it. I can't. All right. So during this period of time, the Vatican II was going on. Have you ever heard of that before? The Vatican II? Yeah. Um, so the Catholics, I guess, in the 50s-ish, I didn't take very good notes on this, so updated some rules to being Catholic. And so to bring the church oh. to the modern world, this is where nuns got to stop wearing the habits and they could just wear like the head coverings instead or like the little headband thingy. And mm-hmm. mass started being given in the native tongue of wherever it was instead of being in all Latin. And oh, okay. Yeah. So this was the thing for her family. They were not okay with these new rules. And I guess there were a lot of. Oh, they didn't like it. A lot of people who were not okay with them trying to modernize the Catholic stuff. Because, I mean, it's a, it's a religion that's built very much on tradition. So this is kind of something that, that goes on in their family that they talk about often. And her father cared about his family. But he was also extremely emotionally withdrawn. And I'm not sure if it has to do with the fact that he was a Nazi soldier during World War II. I'm not sure if he Mm. was an actual Nazi or if he was someone that just didn't speak up. So Germany did have conscription, which is kind of like being drafted in a way. Okay. Where they require a certain amount of of service, right? They did have conscription during that time. It was a little bit different than what they had most recently, but... So it looks like about 1.3 million men were basically drafted into being soldiers for Germany, maybe not Nazi soldiers. That's um, that's what's happening in Russia right now. Yeah. So 1.3 versus the 2.4 that volunteered. So most of them were volunteers, but some of them were not. Can you imagine that? Ugh, that's like a whole other conversation. Yeah, to be drafted being... into the Nazi army and then having to do the things that they, oh. Well, yeah, that's like a whole other conversation about groupthink and culture and so many things. Yeah. So that, that's what her dad's background was. And then her mother was really overbearing and strict. So she she was so kind of controlling that really... They didn't have privacy at home. They couldn't go to school functions. They were told what to wear. They were told what they were allowed to read. And they couldn't even speak about things that they wanted to speak about. Their parents Did people just... watch them poop? <laughs> I don't like know, but later they did. <laughs> it comes up later. Um, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty fucked up. But... 
yeah, I, I don't know. Like even to the point of like if they wanted to go over to friends' houses, the parents didn't want them to be around boys. And so they couldn't go over to a friend's house if they had a brother. That still happens like in this day and age. Like um, like since my girls have brothers, like I have had some moms that had most of them were like uh, single children, you know, like an only child. Mm-hmm. Where the mom would be like super strict or whatever, and you're like, yeah, well, they can't come to your house because you have a husband and also um, boys in the house. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Um, I mean, I can't say that I haven't talked to my daughter about being careful around friends' older brothers. Right. No, I mean it's a it's a because I have talked to her about that or thing. dads. Sure. And- what she can do if she needs to call me if something seems not right but yeah yep yep i guess i don't fully block her but i know we something the I mean, redfish the redfish rule if a child texts us something or says to us the code word redfish we will immediately go into action and go and get them and they can pretend like they're sick they can do whatever they need to do to get out of that situation yeah that's what we but anyway, let's get back to this. So these parents were really strict and they had this secret though. So if you remember just just a couple of seconds ago, probably not even a full minute, her father had studied to be a priest. But mm. her mother and father had a baby out of wedlock <gasps> before Annalisa was was born. That is scandalous. Yeah. So I wonder if they were worried that their children were going to give in to things if they were brought up. And so, yeah. So this this was a thing. And this was a, obviously a source of extreme shame for her parents who were devout mm-hmm. Catholics. They were really trying to, trying to make up for some things here. Over the course of her life, Annalisa felt shame about this too so she reported that she did feel that she needed to repent for her mother's sin i like how they wait, just wait, say wait. her mother's sin too so she was the bastard no her older sister martha was oh okay but then yeah, she was so, unbastardized because they got married to each other yeah then she was but i think it still didn't get rid of all that shame so Okay. Yeah, it was just a lot. And so she felt like she needed to do penance for her mother. It was something that she just throughout her whole life felt she needed to help like eradicate this. And oh. yeah. So unfortunately, Martha, who was four years older than her, she she got sick um, with kidney disease and she died at the age of eight. Oh no. Leaving Annalisa as the oh. oldest in the family. So did they tell them that that was punishment? I don't know. But who knows? I mean, you just don't know. Yeah. So her sister had gotten sick. And so beyond the loss of her sister, childhood was hard for Annalisa as well. So before the age of five, she got the mumps at one point. She got the measles. She got scarlet fever. And this was the 50s. I know that our mom got some of these things as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this this kept her from entering kindergarten right away. Uh, it, it did hold her back a little bit. But to give you a good idea of what her mom was like, 
I did hear some things that if she was sick and was complaining about being sick, instead of like going and taking care of her in a way that a mom normally would, her mom would just go grab a rosary and start praying over her loudly. Well, I'm sorry if you believe that. I'm sure, you know, it could be a helper, but I think God gave us brains so that we could make medicine. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. I did forget to mention, too, I should as we get into this. So I did my best to research this. And by that, I mean, I listened to quite a few podcasts and read a couple of articles because, you know, don't write a book report on us. But there's a lot of conflicting information out in the world about this story, which is interesting because it didn't take place that long ago, which kind of is weird. Um, Mm -hmm. Because there were a couple of like reputable podcasts that do good research that had differing knowledge. And so that's where I was kind of like, okay, this is is kind of all over the place. So I might not be telling it the exact way that you've heard it other places. I'm very sorry if that's the case. So if you know the real story and I don't, uh, don't, don't get mad, but get mad or stop listening to us, I guess. So don't be mad. Okay. So this sickness, her mom really used this as an excuse for her not to interact with other children. And I'm sure she didn't want her to when she was contagious either, but just kind of her Uh, sickliness. It just really helped her mom just found in that she really shouldn't be spending a lot of time with other kids. And she she was supposed to set a high example for her siblings since she was the oldest after her sister Martha had died. There was just a lot of pressure on this little girl. Sounds like it. And they sound yeah. sounds like they gave her a massive guilt complex. Yes. And so, so much so that at a young age, she was diagnosed with neuroses. The doctor oh, said no. it was due to a father who didn't understand her and an, an intense hatred toward her mom. <gasps> mm. Yeah. But luckily for Annalisa, at 13, she did get to escape. A little bit. The school she ended up going to was a couple towns over. And so she was able to ride the train every day to attend school in another town. And so she was able to make some friends there and participate in sports. She was intelligent. She received compliments regularly from teachers and professors. And her classmates described her as an intelligent, healthy, and happy girl. Okay. So she's, she's getting out there. And so... Doing okay after 13 until 1968, and she's 16 at this time, and one day at school, she loses consciousness. Others just around randomly. her just mm-hmm. Others around describe her walking around in a trance-like state. Okay. Sounds kind of similar to our last story, right? Yeah. It is a little bit similar, but this mm-hmm. is real life. This is real life, Felix. yeah. This is real. This is very Ken real. Felix, it's okay. Yeah. So that same night, she awoke, paralyzed, feeling like something was pushing down on her chest. She can't move, can't breathe really very well. She goes through a series of convulsions, and she realizes that she wet the bed. Oh, man. Yeah. She cleans everything up. She doesn't want to wake anybody else up, including her sister, who's, like, there. So I guess she just changed the sheets Got everything cleaned up. 
And she did mention it to her mom in the morning, but it passed pretty quickly and she mostly forgot about it. It didn't happen again. You used to pee on me a lot. I did, but I wasn't 16. No. You weren't. It does sound to me like sleep paralysis. Have you ever had sleep paralysis? Uh, No, I don't think so. Have you? Yeah. Not with the shadow people, luckily, but yeah, because some people see shadow people when it happens. No, no. Oh, no. No, but I I have had it not often, but yes, I have had it. So that's what that sounds like to me, but with convulsions is obviously a little bit more. So it happens again a year later, and this time her mom decides because it's happened before that they should go see a... Doctor. And so they go see Dr. Siegfried Luthi, and he does an EEG test, which is kind of like a brain scan. I don't know a lot about medicine, but that's what they said it was. They said it was normal, though, and they they said that there was really nothing wrong with her brain. But they did. Dr. Luthi at this time figured that she was experiencing cerebral seizures with symptoms of okay. grand mal seizures. And so nothing was prescribed at this time. But epilepsy was super shameful to her family and her mom. And her mom told her not to tell anybody, don't tell your friends, don't tell anyone at church or school. But there was one of the podcasts that I listened to that brought up a good point about this secrecy. So these people did go through World War II not that long before that. And people were just taken from Mm -hmm. their homes and families for having any sort of mental illness during the Nazi regime. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So- I can kind of see that, you know, that there would probably still be some attachment to those thoughts and feelings. Yeah, I I would imagine that there's there was a lot to unpack in that in that whole, geez, just the whole 20, 30 years following that. Yeah. And that's exactly the time. Oh, my AirPods are going to die soon. Did you hear me say soon sit instead of? soon shit i shouldn't sit shit soon hey okay so what i did with my earbuds is i realized this time i don't need to charge both of them at the same time so i took one out that's so and smart I'm, i know Should I, I feel pretty smart right now and then maybe it'll work try it okay yeah Talk. how's it working for you i gotta turn you up a little bit because i'm like a little bit deaf but Talk now. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. So, again, shameful. So, shortly after this seizure, she ends up getting this terrible sore throat. She goes to the doctor and she has to get her tonsils removed, which is normal, right? It happens to kids. Yeah. So, unfortunately, though, after this, she ends up getting pleurisy, I think is how you say it, and pneumonia. Are you sure? I guess. Yeah. But following that, she gets tuberculosis. And this makes her unable to attend school. She's stuck in bed after that. And she's just really not getting better. And so she ends up being admitted to a clinic specializing in young disease, like in young disease, in in lung disease. disease. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this this night. night. No, she she was. Like they, they had a special lung disease hospital, I think, because people had tuberculosis at this time. And so mm-hmm. she was stuck in bed in this 
other town that her parents weren't. So she would like write letters is, back and forth with her family. Is that what they would call the iron lung? I don't think that she was on an iron lung. I think that's something that they did with polio patients. Oh, whenever I think of the iron lung, I always think of some medieval torture device. There are people that are still living on iron lungs from back in those days. What? Yeah, there's people that are alive with it. Because I totally did some research after my old neighbor told me about his life. Because him and his wife were both in wheelchairs from having polio as children. Oh, no. Yeah, that's yeah, and Yeah, and so I did some research after talking to him, and it was crazy. People have lived very fulfilling lives from iron lungs. Okay. There well, was this like super cool guy that I lungs. read about. But anyway, I don't know his name. I didn't mean I was I wasn't prepared to talk about this. But no. So she ends up staying in this hospital and she's just there hanging out, being sick, of course. She does talk to the other patients mm-hmm. and things like that. But after some time, she experiences a third episode while in the clinic. So not great. Not good. Like at all. a psychosis. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so because of this episode, she other kids like saw the trance thing going on. Oh no. And I don't know what was going on with her, but they all started calling her snot nose after that and picking <gasps> on her. Why? Why do people have to be mean? Yeah, just... and she becomes even more withdrawn and depressed, and she pulls back from both family and friends. I hate mean people. If you're a mean person, don't listen to our podcast. I fucking hate you. Yeah, don't don't fuck be mean to other human beings, dickhead. Or if you ever the were rest mean of you to are somebody, great. give them a what? call. So if you were yeah, or if you did when you were a terrible. kid and you realized. Yeah. Call him. It's just find him on Facebook. Horrible. Go go apologize. Do it now. Okay. Yeah. So like I said though, that happened, but she did see another doctor again because she's in the hospital. And they visit a neurologist named Dr. Von Holler. And I'm sure that I said that really wrong because Germany. He does another EEG. Yeah. And they do find some irregularities in this particular one. At this time she Yep. And so she is diagnosed with epileptic psychosis or temporal lobe epilepsy. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm saying, oh, no, a lot in this episode. I'm like, oh, no. You are. Oh, no. no. You should just try to mix it up a little bit. So, okay. Okay. All right. I will. Okay. I will. Okay. Okay. So that does lead to a first anti-convulsion drug. But while she's in this clinic, there's also some other things starting to happen to her. She's got this depression going on, of course. Like we know, she's getting bullied. She begins encountering Fratzen while she's there. So this is a German word for grimaces, which <laughs> like purple grimaces are basically seeing demonic faces. This is a thing. They have Good a word. God. Yeah, that was me not saying. Oh no. Yeah, she starts to see them. Kind of around just all over the place. And when she does see them, she describes it as making her feel empty as if the devil were inside of her. Wait, wait, wait. 
Like, as in people's faces were turning demonic? I think that they were separate from other people. I think they were just, like, seeing demonic faces. Did you just see my face go dark when you said that? Yeah, because you turned into a fratzen. It could a just fratzen. be... It could just be that somebody gave her some shrooms. Something like that, yeah. Something's going that, on with her. That could happen. Yeah. So... She was eventually able to go home, but she's super stressed out about all this medical trouble that she's been having. And so at this time, before she kind of was frustrated about her parents and all this religious stuff, but she really decides at this point she's going to start leaning into Christian literature to help comfort herself. And so she's doing a lot of Christian reading. Okay. That happens. She continues to have seizures, which are becoming increasingly more intense. And during these, she often sees the fratzen. Despite these issues, she functions normally in her life. And she does other things outside of them and ends up meeting a young man named Peter. What do you mean she functions normally? So besides that she's having these seizures and seeing these demon faces... Outside of that, she's just normal. She's a nice girl. Like she's going. Yeah. Wait, is she going to school still? Yeah, she goes to school. She wants to be a teacher. She meets a boyfriend. Okay. She's getting out in the world. And she's just like keeping it on the lowdown that she's got. Yeah, she does. She graduates high school. And yeah, she just kind of keeps going on with her life and doing the best that she can. But she has these seizures every now and then and like it's faces. not a big deal i just like kind of see demon faces yeah and all this Sometimes. time she's i mean so this is between the ages of 16 and 21 where she's having these seizures seeing demon faces but still just going about her life she wants to be a teacher and so she's Jiminy doing Christmas. the best that she can and she's can dating you, this guy named peter the whole time but can you imagine if she's teaching little kids and she's in front of the thing and then all of a sudden demon face that would be terrifying for everyone involved yeah you think yeah it it does get worse over time and so 1973 she's 21 years old she is depressed she is hallucinating while she prays she's starting to hear voices along with the fratzen telling her that she's damned and that she's going to rot in hell hmm yeah. And so and this medicine she was prescribed before didn't work and she's this time prescribed another hey. medicine that was I think supposed she... to treat nobody what? checked her for schizophrenia. Well, so I was just about to say that actually. So she was actually given another prescription. It was called Aelept, but I don't know if I'm saying that right. It guess it's similar to Florazam like no. Chlorpromazine. I'm not saying that right. I'm so sorry. No. Nope. But it's it's a medicine that was used to treat various psychosis, including schizophrenia. I was going to look up and see if that's something that's still used today, but I'm not sure. So she was being treated for schizophrenia for the best of their ability in okay. 1973, even though I don't know that she was necessarily, you know, like diagnosed with that. So. Okay, well. But at 21 anyway, she she keeps taking this medicine, trying her best, and she attended the University of Würzburg, which I definitely said wrong. 
And her classmates did describe her as being withdrawn and very religious. She was continuing to have these hallucinations of demonic faces and voices. They're getting worse. And she eventually begins having trouble speaking and walking. Does she still have the boyfriend? Yeah, she does still have the boyfriend. And she's still taking medication, but she's become suicidal. Um, You know, I don't know. She's just she's really having a hard time. Peter is really worried and he does convince her to go back home, to move back home. Okay. He's really worried about her. And so she's at this point, this medicine's still not working, and they're super religious family. Family friend is like, Did you ever think about maybe that you're possessed by a demon? Mm-hmm. And the family's like, uh, I don't know about that. But shortly thereafter, they did have another family friend who led. I'm really mixing stuff up today. Christian pilgrimages. Because I just said this, like I was about to say Christian, Christian images. I, I honestly, know. my whole everything was trying so hard to understand what you were saying and yeah. what I was expecting Christian and what came out of your mouth and how I was processing it. Nope. Yeah, I You're don't know. Winning. I don't know. You're winning. Probably had some blood clots going through my veins. I'm not therapeutic no. right now. So they visited this this place called San Damiano, and it's like a religious site, I guess. Yep, so, that's how you say it. Perfect. Yeah, that was, I did a good job. Fighter. So, fighter about yeah. it. While they're there, she's not able to walk past a crucifix. She refuses to drink the water <laughs> of a Christian holy spring that all the other Christians are drinking out of, I guess. She says that it burns like fire when she's touching the soil there, and she cannot bring herself to look at pictures of Jesus. She can't Which walk in the Holy Garden. Be schizophrenia. Yeah, she like there's just all these like pictures of saints, and she says that they sparkle too much to look at. Oh, they were Edwarding at her. Yeah, they were totally sparkle skin. They were twinkle skin, twinkle skin all over yes. their faces. Yeah, we're going to hell. This poor girl is going through some things. But on the way home, her voice suddenly changed and became lower and more masculine. Okay, well, that's scary. But did it turn into demon voice? Well, I don't know. I guess they're they're on a bus. It just gets lower and more masculine. But then also on this bus, she's she's talking about that she can smell like burning by burning should i mean like burning feces like burning feces yeah and so she's complaining about it but then others around her start smelling it too so it's not just her oh okay so somebody and that'll continue on so from this point on i want you to just imagine that annalisa smells burning shit all the time and so does all the people around her and it's not like she has a poop in her pants that she's lit on fire and i don't know exactly (laughs) what burning shit smells like but we this just, is just talked thing. about and, like it's not just her, but other people are experiencing this. I'm feeling a little hypocritical Around. right now. Why? Because we're like, don't make fun of people, and then we're also. You're right. Yeah, we suck, man. Oh my god, we, we suck. suck. But also, the show must go on. Yeah, but I'm not being mean to her face. 
No, you want to know what? And we're talking about circumstances. We are talking about circumstances. There, I believe me. I listened to the uh, last pad- podcast on the left about this. Whoa. 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 I mean, have you ever listened to them before? I don't think so. They're not really my cup of tea. Um, but like if somebody's going to hell, I think they are more than we are. For sure. We're probably not their cup of tea either. I don't know that. Yeah. Oh, there sure was this not. other like there was this other one that I listened to. I can't even remember, and I would be embarrassed to even say what their name was. Um, but they were definitely going to hell. And okay. so I felt a little bit better. Um okay, but carry on, Keebler. Yeah, so this this is a sick person for sure. So so at this point, she's been taking medication for five years, and her parents really start to believe that maybe it is a demon and not what they've been told by doctors this whole time. And so they appeal to the Catholic Church for an exorcism. Okay. And her yeah, and her boyfriend Peter, who has been with her this whole time. He doesn't believe in possession either. Like, it's not, he doesn't think that's what it is. He's like, no, she's sick. But then eventually he's starting to really believe it as well, that there's something beyond what they're talking about. And so So they go to the Catholic church, but the church rejects them. So to be approved for an exorcism means that you believe that someone is infested and under control of a demon. And so these people would be unable to be near religious symbols. But the local priest that they were introduced to through this, his name was Ernst Alt. He was skeptical because he knew that someone who's baptized couldn't be possessed. That's what they said. Is one of the symptoms that's written down in the church flame and poo smell? No, it's not. And so they were like, no. This isn't this isn't a situation. We're not gonna exercise you. Like there is no checkbox next yeah. to flame and poo smell. Yeah. So the church tells them to go back to the doctor. And so they do. They take her back to Dr. Luthi. So this is one of the first doctors that she had said. And so Hello. the family, yeah, the, the family later claimed that Dr. Luthi told them that she was beyond medical care and she should see a Jesuit. And a Jesuit? Yeah, and I forgot to look up what that means. Do you know what a Jesuit is? Because you had religion for longer than I did. Well, no. (laughs) Me neither, but some kind of churchy person. (laughs) So, but anyway, Dr. Luthi later, because this is going to come up later, he's like, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Was Dr. Luthi like, I don't know what a Jesuit is either? He might not have. No, I. That's. Or was he like? I don't know. Oh, I am a Jesuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, things are getting worse. She starts displaying aggression. She's injuring herself. She's like pooping and peeing on the floor sometimes in front of people. Raise your hand if you're a Jesuit. I. That's like an inside joke that you guys. I mean, the Jesuit part isn't, but that's just an inside joke that we have. I'm so sorry. But no, okay, no. So she was like going to the bathroom on the floor, but she would lick up her own pee off of the floor sometimes. No. She oh. did. And she would eat insects. Like what kind? And I was just getting, I, I don't know, like gross ones. 
Because like chocolate covered ants are a little bit different, and also some people. I don't think there was any chocolate. I don't think there was chocolate. No grasshoppers. So yeah. So November of 1973, she starts taking Tegretol, which um, I don't know what that means, but she was also prescribed some antipsychotic drugs, or maybe that was it. But she was consuming the drugs frequently, and that's just they weren't helping. She wasn't getting any better, and so. Ultimately, Father Ernst Alt, he he comes back because he starts to get kind of interested in this and the fact that she's not getting better mm-hmm. with medical care. And she's like, he's like, well, she she doesn't look like an epileptic. And he said that he never what? witnessed any seizures. So he goes to the bishop because he has to get approval to do an exorcism. And he he's like, can you reconsider? And can we do an exorcism? So this guy also, I just want to give another a little bit more information about Father Alt, he also claimed that he was telepathic and psychic. Oh, really? And he got visions from Jesus Christ himself about it. That's what he told the bishop. He was like, I'm getting these like real things. Oh, psychic, telepathic. He's like, Jesus Christ is telling me this girl is possessed, bishop, which is weird because those aren't Catholic beliefs. They don't believe in, in telepathic and things like that. But they don't. I don't know. He gets, pr- I guess not. And he gets permission from the local bishop in 1975. But the local bishop is like, don't tell people that you're doing this. Maybe they just thought that God was like talking to him in his head. That could be. And so speaking of visions, I don't really know exactly. At some point in here, though, Annalisa claimed to have had a vision of the Virgin Mary telling her that she was actually a martyr for the church. And that she could, if she so chooses, choose to die for the sins of others like Jesus Christ did if she decides to do so. She she gets a choice. And I guess that the Virgin Mary gives her some time to, to think about this. And so she's able to talk it over with her parents. And even though they're like, eh, this is a little bit too much for the Virgin Mary to ask of you. Annalisa decides so... anyway that she's going to do it. She's going to martyr herself. So Mary hands her a poop sandwich and a big glass of pee. And he's like, yeah, hey, have a snack. Sit down. We need to talk. Well, she kind of told her to do the opposite. Don't have a snack. So her parents at this point stop talking to doctors. She discontinues taking any medication because she she decides that this is a religion thing. And... Father Alt, along with some other guy whose name I apparently didn't write down, begins exercising her. And he starts off with a trial exorcism at first and then kind of builds up to more thorough ones. And in total, Annalisa had 67 exorcisms performed, which is about one to two per week, and they would be up to four hours at a time. For how many years? Well, this is just like for a short period of time. One year. So like 30 days-ish. Or no, not 30 days because that's like... That doesn't make sense. It's just like over a course. Let's see. Uh, I didn't write down the... Can you do a story problem about it? No, I'm I'm too tired for that. It just happened over like some months or six months or something like that. (laughs) So during these exorcisms... over some months. (laughs) Yeah. So... During these exorcisms, she 
may they said that she was speaking in several languages and she claimed that there were demons inside of her that talked to the exorcists and they did identify themselves and so some of these names are biblical and I will probably say them incorrectly because I didn't go to church very long. So was Bathsheba Sheba. Yeah, so here are the the names of the demons who identified Beelzebub? themselves. Okay, Lucifer, I will stop talking. Otherwise known as a Beelzebub. Cain, <sighs> of course. Judas. Oh, that guy. Belial. Legion. Nero. Oh, Legion is like all the devil in like okay. that's What is oh, yeah. Nero? N E R O is that one you know? Nero? What is it? Nero? N-E-R-O. Nero? Nero? I don't know that one. I am not You do know the last one, though. The last one. Hitler. What? Hitler was in the Bible? Adolf himself. I don't know. He was just a demon. So. Oh. Yeah. So, throughout these exorcisms, she eventually stops eating and drinking because she thought she was a martyr. And was doing this for herself. And she died on July 1st of 1976 of malnourishment and dehydration. That was it? That's that's it? She weighed 68 pounds at the time that she died. (gasps) Father Alt claimed that she died without possession because he said that the last exorcism did work. Number 67, right before she died, I guess. Um, the <sighs> autop there there was an autopsy performed because obviously this is this is fucked up. And it found that the death could have been prevented if somebody had intervened even a week before she passed away. They just literally needed to put her on some sort of IVs. Yeah. Yeah. This was a crime. Yeah. Yeah. So this was a fucking crime. Her parents and father alt ended up being charged with negligent homicide. Good. Yeah. And before the court started or before everything started, the court did appoint some psychiatrists to take a look at Father Alt. And he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I keep saying, oh, no. I know, right? Shocking. So their trial begins on... March 30th of 1978, there was a ton of interest from people. And yeah, there's just, there's a lot going on here. Um, Father Alt had a attorney that was from the church. And then her parents did get separate attorneys. So doctors testified, obviously, that it wasn't possession, that the hallucinations were a product of her strict religious upbringings, as well as the epilepsy. Um, The bishop who approved the exorcism claimed that he was completely unaware of her health condition when he approved the exorcism. It wasn't something that they mentioned to him at all, and he decided not to appear in court and testify. Convenient. Yeah. Um, After the trial, the parents and the two priests, I don't know what the name of the other priest was, but they were found guilty of negligent homicide, and they were... So it was recommended that they go easier on the sentencing so obviously the parents were under the impression that this religious figure they're super religious people they're under this impression that this person from their church is leading them in the right direction and 
fully believed everything that he had to say. And obviously the one man was sick. And so they did want to go lenient on them. So they were sentenced. They all were sentenced to six months in jail, which was reduced to the three years of probation and were fined. So that's basically the story. And I think there would have been more in there, but I tried to keep it a little bit shorter. But I did want to talk a little bit about what this actually could have been instead of demonic possession. Certainly, maybe. Yes, maybe please. it's demons. Maybe. Um, but honestly, and like if you go back, yes, if you you can go and you can look up pictures of this, you can even listen to some of the exorcism tapes. You won't understand them because they're in German unless you speak German. But it's like they show pictures of her right before she passed away. And yeah, she looks probably like a possessed person might except that she was obviously like she was doing terrible things to herself. Like she would like during these periods of time, she's like talking in deep voices, speaking in tongues. She would do these things where she would pray on and off throughout the day. So she would like drop to her knees and like back up again and just like smash her knees into the oh. hardwood floors over and over and over again. There was there was a Can lot they... that she was doing to her body and putting her body through as part of was whatever there... was going on. Was there any explanation as to her speaking in tongues? No, no, there really wasn't. And I don't like they say that they claim that she was speaking in other languages, but I don't know that there was necessarily proof of that either. And that wasn't in the recordings? Not that anybody mentioned that I heard. And I listened to only a small amount of the recordings because they were very scary sounding. Like, she did sound like there was a fucking demon in her. But, I mean, I could probably make my voice sound like that, too, if I needed to. I sounded like there was a demon in me when I was giving birth. That's true. But I, like, I think I even sound like a demon sometimes when I talk on my sleep. So. Um, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Confirmed. Yeah. So I I don't know. So there is now there's something called Geshwin Gushwin syndrome. It's G E S C H W I N D. And so this is a characteristic behavioral syndrome usually found in patients who are affected by temporal lobe epilepsy. Uh, which is what she was you know, diagnosed with. Oh, so fuck. Yeah. So temporal lobe epilepsy, again, is a nervous system disorder in which brain activity becomes abnormal, causing unusual behavior and unprovoked seizures that last for one to two minutes in the temporal lobe of the brain. So this name of this syndrome is a change in personality in some of these patients who have temporal lobe epilepsy. And the things that it can cause, a couple of them, I didn't, there's other things that it can cause as well. But one of them is hyper-religiosity. So it's a mental disturbance in which a person has false and abnormal beliefs on religious content, including atheistic content that interferes with work and other normal functioning. But if she's got this religion coming at her nonstop throughout her life, right? and she was reading religious texts while she was going through this, like that could absolutely turn into that. Um, it could turn into her retaining then, some of that information, too, and regurgitating some of those words. 
Yeah. So one of the other things that happens is called circumstantiality. So this is one of the most common symptoms. And people having this behavior keep talking for a long time repetitively and open-mindedly. So kind of disconjointed talking. That's your conscious or stream of, oh man, the doc, don't let him listen to this. It's your conscious stream of thought or something. He's going to be like, just like coming out of her mouth. Yeah. Yeah. That I've heard that happen before um, with somebody that was on sleep medication. Okay. Yeah. So whatever was happening in their brain, you just like heard the whole thing. Yeah. This is something that absolutely, I mean, if you think about what they knew was wrong with her and that these are symptoms Mm -hmm. that people that have this problem this temporal lobe have like this just seems really likely to have been the case yeah it was very likely the case it's just a shame that like i i don't know what i would do like it's i would like to say that i would never be able to watch my child starve and that i would have looked for medical (sighs) help before that happened but i also wasn't raised the way that these people were raised right and they think that they have some kind of like atonement that they need to do and that their daughter is, I mean, mm. it's just, it's super fucked up. So fucked up. What happened? So all in all, that's, that's basically the story. It did not end the way I thought it was going to end. How did you think it was going to end? I don't know. I just don't remember that. At the end of it. Yeah, I think that the, well, there was like all these other, so like the exorcism of Emily Rose was one thing. They also had a movie called, there was a movie called Requiem the next year that was released that was based on her story. And then in 2011, there was Annalisa, the exorcist tapes that was released. And I don't know if that's like some of the real ones or not, but. Oh. Yeah. It's all super fucked up, but it just goes to show that, I mean, true crime or paranormal? No one knows. True crime. True crime, I think, as well. I just, it's such a shame, but that's what happens when people get confused about things. Well, that was a different time period, too. Yeah, so um, I was I was expecting this to be like a scary story and it was scary but not in the way that I thought it would be. Not in the not in the way that I'm looking out my windows. Or yeah. Anything like that. Yeah. So kind of a scary story of what unscared. what can happen when the wrong person is in a powerful situation. And it's not that it was even that guy's fault if he had schizophrenia. It's so important to learn from history. Yeah. Whatever the history is, big, small. Just Yeah, but I guess the church did research. know that he had some issues. There were some churches that he had been placed at where he was doing some weird things. And instead they just moved him to this other place, which happened to be where Annalisa was. They could have just stopped it by getting him some help at that time instead. I don't know how much help there was 
for schizophrenia? It was, I mean, it was the 1970s. It wasn't. That's a tough one. I mean, that's a tough one even in, you know, even in 2022 to get the help that you would need. Yeah. But do you think that the church should be intervening if there's signs that one of their creatures is like unwell? No, that that was absolutely criminal. Yeah. Absolutely. Somebody should have looked into that one. See, that wasn't a scary Halloween, but um, do you have anything else to add before we close this one out? No, man. That was just a Debbie Downer one. I've been a really Debbie Downer. I'm going to, I'm definitely going to next round that I'm doing an episode, I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat. Yes. And jump back into the UFOs. So let's see. We haven't. What haven't we done? Um, we've done haunted. We've done weird. I haven't done a true crime in a long time. I feel like you should do a true crime next because I'm, I'm getting alieny, and I think that I'll probably do two episodes in a row. With okay. The... Like you're gonna do a long one that's like two part. Well. Uh, not exactly. I'm going to do one that's just kind of a background on the area that something took place. And then the area 51. Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to concentrate on area 51 for one episode and then move on to Bob Lazar, who I've talked about before on the show. Bob Lazar. Ding, 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 Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar. So I'm definitely going <laughs> to talk about him the episode afterward, but um, because he was working near Area 51, I just kind of want to give some background on that as well first. Okay. So, in cool. Roswell, basically. So I... not necessarily Area 51, but Roswell and that okay. happened at Roswell. So Yeah. Um, someone inadvertently shared a photo with me um, of some fingerprint files from 1944 of from the FBI of the most notorious criminals. So I thought that was pretty cool. So I'm actually going to go to that photograph and I'm going to pick one of the most notorious criminals off of that list and find out what the fuck they did. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually really excited to dig into that picture. Just to I think it's going to be awesome. Like how many? I mean, there's just stacks and stacks of of bad people on that list. So there's got to be something interesting. I'm sure there is. All right. Cool. Well, if you are enjoying our episodes, we would love, especially if you're listening to us regularly, we do want to get to know some of our listeners because our listener base is so small right now. I think it would be fun to just get to know who some of you are and what you do and where you're coming from. So if you would send us- to get to know you- Yes, we would like to get to know you. If we could. <laughs> We're just not licensed to do any of these things. So send us an email at says at gmail.com or get a hold of us on any of our platforms out in the world. So you can find us at facebook.com slash weird shit my mom says podcast but leave the eye out of shit you can find us on instagram or tiktok at weird 
TikTok, <laughs> tic- Orange, Instagram, or TikTok at Weird Shit My Mom Says Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Weird Shit MMS Pod. And then finally, if you would like to help contribute to our ability to advertise and do things yes, of the sort, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash weird shit my mom says podcast. We don't have any Patreon donors yet, but once we do, we would love to have you guys help us maybe choose some of the cases that we're going to cover and stories that we're going to cover. We can do some little baby extra episodes or answer questions for you. We we can do whatever it is to help get you helping donate so that we can help grow this podcast. Well, that is all for today. Goodbye. 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 That was my demon.